hosts Jacob and Michael. The best. I can't imagine how many hours and quarters I pumped into uh, NBA Jam. Oh man, having it on the Sega itself was just you know a great experience, and then actual arcade. Oh, yeah. I don't like sports that much, but I will play some good sports games. Uh, King Griffey Jr. was fun because you could run into a wall and knock yourself out. <laughs> and then, of course, hockey's always fun. But arcade style is the best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Positively. All right, everybody. We're here at Back in Tunes. Yes, we're talking about video games. But we're going to go back to what we normally talk about. I tricked Jacob. He didn't know I was recording. I'm glad he didn't confess to a murder yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm Michael Jacob. <laughs> Uh, if you did, though, I'd have to admit that I helped bury him out in the desert. I mean, uh, hypothetically. Well, not a desert. Can we can we go a little bit more tropical? I at least want to be, you know, mulched back in the Well, yeah. Uh, oh, you mean like Weekend at Bernie's? We could do that. Absolutely. Yes, let's do that. Sounds good. I'm down. <laughs> All <laughs> in right. fact, hell, <laughs> just use me pretend I'm still alive. <laughs> you have to get, you're about to find no, Andrew McCarthy. No, or, no it's or, no fun if you die. You and I are the Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Silverman of this. we got to find a Bernie. Ah, uh, yes. Hey, well, let's just use uh, my puppet. That way it's not actually murder. We just have fun with it. <laughs> Why don't we pretend he didn't die? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll do uh, right. voodoo incantations like Weekend at Bernie's. Okay, God, we're getting off the track. Okay, so there's four cartoons this episode. Uh, this is the second of three episodes we're doing as Back in Tunes, they return. Um, we're going to be splitting this season up in half. So after we get done with the 80s section of Hit Rewind, our other podcast, we will start on the 90s cartoons. We'll do a trilogy there. Uh, so you'll probably get six minisodes this year. Not going the full hour because I frankly just don't have the time. I apologize. And I'm just uh, glad, Jacob, you and I were able to find some time to do some smaller episodes. Oh, yes. No, thank you. Hey, man. I mean, now that like overtime's done, I, act- I can actually have a little bit more uh, time to ease up and relax. Right. And, um, again, view these cartoons. I'm just thankful, you know, we were able to find them on YouTube so I can actually watch them on my TV instead of seeing them on my screen. Yeah, it, okay, so there was one cartoon we did have lined up for this, but uh, I shared the clip and then didn't realize for some reason it freezes at minute two and it just shows the same image for the whole thing. And that was Visionaries, uh, another Marvel production for a toy company. Um, it was a sword and sorcery, futuristic sci-fi tech kind of TV show. It's fun, but I just I just couldn't find the episodes to share with you. So, in its place, we're going to discuss our first cartoon is Sectars, a very short-lived miniseries that was supposed to go to a full series, but the toy line did not sell because it scared the shit out of children. And I love this cartoon. I love the story. I love the <laughs> art design. And it, 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 here's the weirdest thing. Did you watch that little documentary I, I sent you? I did watch some of that documentary, yeah. And again, of all the toy lines that they had uh, set up from Hasbro and Mattel, yeah, this one just didn't sell as well. I could, I mean, honestly, as far as the design of this entire series went, I felt it was um, like the, uh, Dave Cronenberg's The Fly meets uh, Masters of the Universe. Yes, ex- that is pretty spot on, except not as gross as The Fly. Um, Oh, but no. to save you guys time on watching the documentary, if you don't want to, it is on YouTube. It's the story behind the sectars is that it was born in a way out of designing stuff for the Henson Company. Uh, this one team member uh, was just having fun designing like little hand-oriented 
uh, not because all puppets are hand oriented, but this is one you like a glove. He would slide his hand into, and he would create little creatures with it and scare his friends. And then years down the road, he found himself in the position to pitch a toy line based around a spider glove, and then just designed you know uh, this world where there was a science experiment gone wrong and humans and bugs combined. And I think it's a lot of fun. No, oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the some of the like sound effects uh, or the way they spoke. We kind of like drag on a little bit, but I mean, I expected it. I mean, it's the '80s and the kind of like campiness that goes along with it. It was to be expected, but still, yeah. Again, I overall enjoyed the design, and it was kind of cool to see, like, just to see if like kids were still interested in like you know collecting and enjoying bugs. Like all the little bug collectors would, I'm sure, have loved this. Yeah, sadly, it was not successful. It was one of Coleco's, I think, final like you know trying to hit that masters of the universe kind of success and their toys were this is before intricate well-designed toys were popular that wouldn't happen for another decade with mcfarlane and the toys were too expensive and they just uh they didn't sell because kids were looking at it going oh well i can get three or four gi joes for the cost of this one sectar they were like 10 bucks a piece when gi joes were 2.99 you know, something like that, and and it just didn't sell. But I look at them now, and they are top-notch design. Oh, absolutely. I mean, heck, some of the action figures that they did have back then, uh, even the original uh, Transformers, like, yeah, they did have, like, a unique and detailed design. Yeah, and uh, I thought this was a Marvel production. It was actually a Ruby Spears production, but... Uh, the guys who built the lore and did the comic book, which actually lasted longer, was eight issues, was created by Bill Mantlo. If you do not know who Bill Mantlo is, he created Rocket Raccoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, he created Cloak and Dagger, Rocket Raccoon, uh, Rom, and the Micronauts storylines for different toy companies. He was like the go-to guy. Sadly, in 1992... Um, he was hit by a car. Uh, he had moved on from doing comic books to becoming a public attorney, uh, a public defender. And he was hit in a, a car accident, and it hit his head. Um, and he barely remembers anything. He, he's in a been in care home ever since, and he only barely remembers what he created. Oh man, oh, that's awful. Wow. I had to think like all. I mean, he. I mean, everyone else will remember. Uh, what he did and the legacy he installed in uh, regarding Marvel. Right. They uh, they did show him uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when it first came out, and he actually recognized. He goes, that was mine. I created him. So at least there's something, oh. but he got hit really hard. And uh, yeah. if you are interested, this is a side note, but if you are interested in uh, helping a lot of the comic book artists and writers that aren't working very much anymore, never found another place in the world to you know pay their bills, or they just got you know aged out, there is a, a Heroes Fund, which uh, they donate money to uh, older or out-of-work comic book artists and writers and uh, tries to give them a leg up so they can actually have a home. Uh, they don't have a union. They're not protected in the same way as like comic book or uh, uh, actors and musicians and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, no, that's good to know. Oh, I'll have to look into that one. Yeah, they, every year they do a, a special comic book. It's like twelve bucks or whatever, and everybody just donates their work for free, and it all goes to that charity. So if you want something for it, you know, you can at least buy a shirt or a comic book. Mm. Now, absolutely. 
Speaking of superheroes and comic books, you like that segue? That's right, I have no talent except for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Defenders, <laughs> Defenders of the Earth was King Features Syndicate, and I, oh, I'm trying to remember, was it Deke? And, no, it was Marvel. Uh, tried to put together a superhero team from all the characters yes. that were from that, that newspaper line. And we have Flash Gordon, the Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, versus Ming the Merciless and his warriors in the year... 2015. Oh, God, I watched oh, the wow. shit out of this. I watched Defenders of the... I read the comic books. I loved this series. Oh, dude, yeah, no, I ended up just, like, kind of binging and watching a few episodes uh, on YouTube uh, after watching this one. It was so fun to watch, and I liked the animation. It was very... Uh, heck, even with what was uploaded on YouTube, I'm like, it was very well taken care of. Yeah. Uh, well, that that is actually from the, the actual company. That company, I think, is Mill Creek, and they put them out on YouTube in their original versions, not taped off TV. Oh, oh, oh wow, good. Man, no wonder why. Yeah, I will say, personally, what did get me uh, interested in this one, not only because it was like a team-up of all those old uh, comic strip heroes, uh-huh. but you know my familiarity with the Flash and, of course, Phantom. Slam Phantom Evil! Draws me into <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. All right. uh, go ahead, Michael, as you were saying. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, the second Flash Gordon series. I'm going to tell you right now, the one from 79 to 82 is unfucking watchable It's filmation garbage. So I'm glad Marvel oh. became like the go-to company for these, these types of uh, series. You know, more action, toy-oriented kind of stuff. And they just mastered it. They found the right people over in uh, Japan and Korea, whatever, to do the art. And uh, the stories never fail because they hired the comic book artists or the comic book writers to do a lot of the stories. And those guys have to tell you a story in 22 pages and just keep going. Um, Mandrake isn't that well known. I think he's only had a couple TV movies. But the Phantom, of course, a legendary flop, but really inter-fucking-taining, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. And Flash Gordon, another one that bombed but found an audience later. It's These guys have been neglected. Uh, they tried to relaunch Flash Gordon and the Phantom on sci-fi, and they're not good. Uh, stick to this cartoon if you're not going to watch the core movies. Mm, absolutely. Uh, as far as like uh, Flash Gordon, I remember them doing, like a, from when I was a kid, I think it was like, what, mid to late 90s, it was... Uh, Oh gosh! No, I remember that series. Yeah, it was really uh, hip and cool, and he like he had a flying skateboard or something like that. Yes, that was it. I think it was because they're in the whole skater craze. Yeah, it was a good one. We're gonna discuss that when we get to the '90s because I like that show. I like that toy line too. Um, mm-hmm. The one interesting and then there was thing Phantom is that 2040. they uh, Phantom Twenty Four. Yeah, we did that in the very first year. Do you remember that? It was right after. It was basically this time of year, right after you got done working uh, overtime. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Uh, Marvel right. Productions uh, made the smart decision in changing Ming the Merciless from being a yellow villain, which it was in the old days, which is very racist, to a green outer space alien, which makes a hell of a lot more sense. Exactly. I mean, he looked. He definitely resembled a Skrull somewhat. But he also kind of reminded of the, the Mandarin whole... from Iron Man. I'm glad they changed that up, too, because that was ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Um, who is, actually, in uh, uh, Shang-Chi, we're going to get a live-action actual Mandarin. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm actually kind of excited. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to see how that'll turn out. Uh, Defenders of the Earth lasted one season, but it was so popular that they just kept you know airing it over and over. I'm surprised they never went to a second season, but maybe it was so expensive or time-consuming to just do 65 episodes. Which today sounds insane. Who does 65 episodes of animation in a season? 
I don't even know. Heck, uh, Big Mouth shoot or some of the ones uh, that I would watch on Netflix only get ten episodes. Yeah. Um, well, what is it? Venture Brothers. We get like six to eight episodes every two years, and now it's over with. Damn it. <laughs> and same with Rick. And, well, Rick and Morty's still going, but yeah, I only get like ten episodes yeah. a season. Uh, everybody, I was looking at some of the names behind this. I don't recognize anybody, which is strange for me. Uh, but here's something interesting. I'm looking at all the writers of the four, or 65 episodes. Episode 3, <clears throat> written by Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre. What? Yeah. He's the only name that I recognize, and this is where he started. So the creator of Two and a Half Men, all those, all those... CBS sitcoms. My God, he wrote a lot of shows. Grace Under Fire, Sybil, Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly, Mom, Young Sheldon, The Kaminsky Method, Disjointed, I don't even know that one, um, and Roseanne. And he started off in animation. That's pretty cool. I know. Oh, gosh. No wonder why it had that particular flair. Oh, my um, God. His cartoons. What... His cartoons, I shit you not, were Pole Position, Mask, Muppet Babies, The Moon Dreamers, Defenders of the Earth. Then he moved on to live action with Charles in Charge, My Two Dads. Uh, but he still wrote cartoons while he did this. He wrote The New Adventures of Beanie and Cecil. I can't wait for you to see that. It's so good. And Toxic Crusaders. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure he had to be a big trauma fan himself. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to have to tone that down for a kid's audience. Yeah, but that had to be hard. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, Swamp Thing, which was already based on a like a mature comic, but not that mature. <laughs> Fucking Toxic Avenger, Jesus. <laughs> That's like, hey, can you make a cartoon out of American Psycho? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> have Huey Lewis do a cameo. Are you good with this? <laughs> oh my god, I can picture that just now. That that's too much. I can Oh man. Oh, but yeah. Again, overall defenders. I definitely, I, I definitely want to finish watching that one. Yeah, it's a lot. I've already of been fun. through so many episodes. Uh, I, I, short I, well, look... I finished binging. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I finished. I, I finished binging Cobra Kai. So I. Oh have yeah, I gotta get to season two for Pete's sake. Oh yeah, it's it. I was surprised at how good it was. <clears throat> All right, so our third cartoon is Starcom, the U.S. Space Force, another failed toy line from Coleco, but turned into an animated series by Deke. And produced and distributed by Coca-Cola Telecommunications, which is basically just telling you it was distributed by Columbia Pictures, because they owned uh, Coca-Cola owned Columbia Pictures for a while before Sony ate it up. Uh, big flop. Um, I'm going to tell you right now I... that I I told you about this show and that it was good and that we should watch it, and then I forgot I chose the wrong fucking show, but I'm going to stick with it. It was supposed to be Ring Raiders. I don't know how I ended up at Starcom. What did you think? I couldn't finish. I, I watched about a half hour and I bailed. Oh no! I uh, I definitely felt it was more grounded and had more of like a, a dramatic element than it did like action adventure. And there was some good uh, character progression, but it, yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I think it's and because it's sadly, so long. I watched the hour and a half pilot. Did I just send you one a regular episode, or did you watch the first movie? Oh, I actually got the uh, an actual episode. Oh, okay. See, I, mine, <laughs> by time, an hour and a half is too much to ask for me to watch <laughs> on a boring show. Oh, uh, honestly, I, I I can agree with you. Like, pacing can be off for full-featured animated movies. Heck, even The Clone Wars from 2008, uh-huh. that, I, yeah, no, I thought that had a slow pace. Well, sometimes it's just it cobbled did. together episodes so it doesn't have a proper flow. You remember when they did that with the fucking Return of Futurama where it wasn't really a movie? It was just episodes linked together. And you're like, what? 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought this was enjoyable. This isn't the Space Force that we actually have these days. <laughs> and you don't even have Space those Force. cool robotic suits. It's just camo. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one is a little more... Uh, family friendly I would say not as much action and violence as some of these and definitely not you know monster toy oriented kind of thing I and mean, yes it was a toy line but it doesn't seem like it was specifically created for that I think a lot of it they don't say it but this is a couple years after um shit what was the the, the one that blew up the challenger uh when the challenger blew up in 85 or 86 yeah. you know that was really traumatizing for people and I think just trying to show kids that hey space travel can be exciting and fun and we need to get back up there that might have been the point of the show. They just didn't hammer it into your head. Exactly, yeah. And, like, um, even when Superman would say, uh, I hope this doesn't put you off from flying. Statistically speaking, it's still the safest way to travel. That's and true. again, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, again, I felt like it was fun. And the episode I watched, I'm like, wait, where were the central villains? Uh, I didn't really see any except some like some of these robotic drones. Right, it's not it's uh, not designed in that way at all, which is unusual for toys back then because everybody copied you know the GI Joe and Transformers, you know, Master Universe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And also like the concept design, uh, the aliens that they were monitoring, like yeah, they were all just basically observational uh, missions, kind of like Star Trek. I think something like this. Uh, it's kind of like what gave concept, uh, or at least someone the idea to create the uh, Mass Effect video games. Yeah, I was thinking it was it is influenced by Star Trek because it was more about forward movement instead of battles, which reminds me like you know if you remember Sea Quest, you know that was about yes. you know, discovery and stuff like that. So I think it's a little more family friendly. But um, the the final show. Oh, by the way, Starcom is available on DVD from Mill Creek. I think you can get it for like five bucks. We had it at our store for a while. Uh, oh wow! All these series seem to be out on DVDs from lower budget companies. The final cartoon we're going to discuss is Cops. Uh, was it Central Organization of Police Specialists? That's not what I thought it was at all, but it's an acronym, of course. And uh, I remember this toy line was a phenomenon, and I, I didn't know it only lasted one season. Everybody was talking about this, and it looked really cool. I didn't own any of the, the toys. And I, I, I hemmed and hawed about adding this to the show because of the whole issues with cops last year. But uh, Absolutely. It's, it's not reality. It's, it's not promoting any – it's just it's fantasy. What I love about the show is, yes, it is try, it's trying to sell you toys. It's based on a Hasbro toy line. But – your hero in 1988 is an African-American, and at no point do they play to any of the stereotypes. It is a very respectable view of African-Americans in law enforcement. I thought that was so forward-thinking in, in 1988. Yeah, and it being an animated series, yeah, you would want to like have to tone that down. Also, the first time I came across this, I think I saw a preview of it after watching the Funimation uh, version of Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, because it was like uh, a little preview of like what else they have. You know, and it was what I was watching was a, a VHS collection. Oh, okay. So, you know, they'd have to have like a little advertisement or a little trailer, you know, at the end of every episode. And from watching this series, I've been wanting to watch it, and I wanted one of these toys from when I was a kid. Uh, watching this series, I felt it was like Dragnet meets Robocop, um, kind of. Dragnet meets Robocop meets uh, Police Academy. I don't think it's as silly as Police Academy, but yeah. I love, they do build their team in an unusual fashion. So many mustaches in the 80s. 
Oh gosh, yes. Heck, even uh, background uh, rebel soldiers in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, everybody had to have a crazy stash. In fact, I think John Ratzenberger was one of the was one of those soldiers. What are we talking about? Sorry. Oh no, just having like a this a mustache in the eighties. Oh yeah, sorry. I was like, I got distracted. I was reading some of the history of cops, and it said that uh, the reviews of it were it had a lot of potential, but it was unrealized by. Uh, flat animation style, and I thought the animation style was really cool. I, I just it almost felt like video game Capcom style video game design. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. It was like very bright, very colorful, vibrant, different, and um, yeah, very unique as far as far as the character design goes. It did feel like you know now that you mention it, it did seem like something out of a uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing Capcom games like crazy lately, and I wow! I'm looking at this right now. The guy who designed and directed this show uh, would go on later to be one of the main guys on Batman the Animated Series. But he did the video for Pearl Jam called "Do the Evolution," which I think was designed by Todd McFarlane, right? Wow! Hmm. Yeah, dang. He wow, was the storyboard have... designer of Mask of the Phantasm. Holy shit! Wow. Dang, man. That's that's some talent right there. Well, you see it in the artwork. I love it. These are the cartoons that he worked on. So it's Rambo, The Force of Freedom. No. <laughs> Cops, Alf Tales, Batman, The Animated Series. Then a long, long gap uh, because he was doing uh, uh, animated f- films. He worked on the, the Lost Gen 13. Do you remember Gen 13 at all from Wildstorm Comics? Hmm. No, I can't say I have. It doesn't come to mind right now. It was red hot for a few years, and it just kind of faded away, but they made an animated movie about it, and it's never been released, and I don't know why, and we're going to discover it someday. Uh, And then he worked on uh, Treasure Planet doing some of the digital effects. Uh, Then would go back to TV. He would go do Stripperella, (laughs) the spectacular Spider-Man, which I've heard is a great cartoon, G.I. Joe Renegades, Transformers Rescue Bots, and doing the new Stretch Armstrong cartoon. Wow, okay. Well, no. looking back, uh, now that you mentioned Treasure Planet, uh, some of his character designs, I feel like, were influenced for, you know, Long John Silver in that movie. Yeah, you can see what he was working on in Cops came over to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and this was actually a really good series. Again, uh, as you mentioned, like, it doesn't have that... Uh, silliness of police academy but it does have like that camaraderie yeah i mean it has some comedy because some of the villains are goofy because they, they want it to be uh kid friendly but um mm-hmm. it's not it's not really dumbed down i think they have a lot of fun designing the heroes and villains they just give them all sorts of cool gadgets and weaponry and stuff like that without being i guess violent if you want to say it. it's action-packed they don't they don't skip on that oh no not at all uh-uh. like they definitely went all in as far as the action part goes. But yeah, uh, again, just like as it opens up, it's like I definitely get a Dragnet feel. Sorry, I yawned. You probably heard that. My apologies. <laughs> Edit out all the yawns. As long as it doesn't transfer over to me. So did, far, so good. Did you realize this is the first episode I think we've done in years where a certain name did not come up, so you can't take a drink. I'm sorry, you're sober. No, Frank, you're uh-huh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, finally sobriety. Why <laughs> can we do that? I can't believe it. it's been so long since Frank Walker's name didn't come up. Yeah, no, surprisingly, no. I, I don't think we his name ever did not come up. 
All right, so that is the end of this episode, and uh, I'm looking at my list. I'm looking at my list and checking it twice, and I fucking lost it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, oh my god, where'd it go? I know, I'm a dumbass. I left it where on the floor. Where did you go? I left it on the floor, kids. Holly Darren. Um, let's see, what, what, what cartoons do we still have left at the skirt? Well, let's look. All right, kids. Have, have a seat. Um, I said three episodes, it might be four. Okay, so we have Sky Commanders, Spiral Zone. Alf! Ooh. Uh, I, I just stubbed my toe. Um, also, Alf. <laughs> Beanie and Cecil. Uh, we have The Adventures of Ed Grimley, Camp Candy, Gravedale High. I want to check out Terrahawks because I've heard it's cool. It's a British action show. Muppet Babies, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Galtar and the Golden Lance, uh, and Ring Raiders, the one that we were supposed to discuss and I fucking forgot. So, you know what? Let's go four, since we are delayed for reasons I'm not going to mention on the air. You want to do four? I'm I'm down. Fuck yeah. I mean, it's been a year since we did episodes. I was just getting burnt out, everybody. I'm sorry. We, we, were, we were scraping the bottom of the barrel, and I was bored with it. I'm just glad we got some time away. Yeah. But if you said five, I would have told you, Michael. I would do anything <laughs> for love, but I won't do that. Ba, ba, ba. Not right away. Not right away. But I'm like, give me a minute. <laughs> and I would have been like, this is how we do it. And you'd be like, shut up. <laughs> just shut I up. still enjoy that song. Hush, hush, just shut your little mouth. Hush. <laughs> and I would have been oh, like, baby. don't go shut breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous uh, people. Oh man, I love that song. I fucking love that song. <laughs> all right, everybody, we are on Facebook under Hit Rewind. You'll find all the episodes of Back and Through's there. Jacob, send us out. All right, Namaste and good luck, my friends. Be excellent to each other.